You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Well, good morning. Uh, it's good to be here with you this morning. I, I walked outside and it was this wonderful day, beautiful late summer. And it, it meant several things to me. One, it meant it's, this is going to be a fun day. It also meant that we're nearing the end of our summer in the Psalms. And I'm not sure I'm excited about that so much, although I, I'm looking forward to the next series. But I've really loved immersing us in the Psalms this summer. And if you've been with us throughout the summer, maybe you've even uh, kept up on the reading plan or done some other things, but what a wonderful place to settle in for a summer, to sit and spend all summer in the Psalms. Well, I'm, uh, if we haven't met, I'm Tony Rognes. I'm campus life pastor over at our West Campus, and, and I'm, I'm glad to bring a message this morning from Psalm 88. Uh, it's, I've titled it, Cries from the Pit. I, I don't, I'm a huge, truth be told, I'm a huge fan of the movie The Princess Bride. I don't know if anybody else in here, but I, I toyed with calling this sermon Cries from the Pit of Despair. But I thought all those images from that movie maybe aren't helpful, because really, Really, these are cries from the pit of the place of the dead, kind of the almost cries from the pit of death itself. Maybe you can relate. Maybe there are times when you have felt like you're in that pit. Some, some pits are deeper than others. Some pits are, have more problems in them than others do. Some, some are even less comfortable than others, but, but maybe, maybe you have found yourself at a point in time where you feel like you're in the pit, crying out. This psalm The psalm is attributed to Haman the Ezraite. And as we look at his cry from the pit, we can get a little bit of insight into into our own cries from the pit. Or maybe those times when we love to cry out from the pit, but we're not just sure we dare. So if you've got your Bible with you or your, or your Bible app, you can turn or scroll to Psalm 88. I think it'll also be up on the screen, but, but let's take a look at, at Haman the Ezraites' cry from the pit from Psalm 88. Lord, you are the God who saves me. 
Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more and are cut off from your care. You've put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You've overwhelmed me with all your waves. You've taken from me my closest friends and made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and I cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave and your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my closest prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I've suffered and been close to death and have borne your terrors and I'm in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. And you've taken from me, friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Father God, we have found ourselves at times in the pit and we ask, Lord, as we read this cry from the pit in Psalm 88, would you use these words to guide us in our own reaction and as we interact with friends and neighbors who find themselves in the pit? Lord, would you hear their cry Would you hear our cries from the pit? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So there's a few things that I want to pick out from this psalm, a few things that I want to point out. And the first one at the outset is this. Our cries from the pit... Haman's cries from the pit are evidence that this world is messed up. This world is messed up. There may be no concept so universally accepted in our culture today than the fact that our world is messed up. If you talk to atheists, most of them will say, oh, yeah, it's messed up. Talk to agnostics, talk to Hindus, talk to Muslims, talk to Buddhists, talk to your neighbor who doesn't even know what he or she is, and most likely if you say, so what do you think? Things, maybe things are kind of messed up. They'll probably go, yeah, it seems like it. It's almost universally understood that this world is not what it should be. And of course, we know from Scripture that that's a result of sin, 
right? And not necessarily a result of your sin, although my sin and your sin does a does mess up the world in which we live. Without question, my life is messed up when, when I fall into sin. My sin messes things up. But on a bigger level, the, the existence of sin. From the time of the fall in the book of Genesis, sin has made this world a broken and messed up place. Paul in the book of Romans says that all of creation groans under the burden of sin. This world is not the way God intended it to be and our cries from the pit are evidence that in our lives and in our experience this world is messed up. Things that are right things that are straightened out, things that are not messed up are relatively hard to find. On the other hand, things that are messed up are not. If you've turned on a news channel or or opened up a news feed on a device, you know messed up isn't hard to find. And we all cry, why don't the news people put out good news And part of the reason is because they don't find it as often as they find the messed up. Sin has messed this world up and our cries from the pit are evidence that that's true. As much as we wish it weren't. It means that if you find yourself crying out from the pit... Perhaps that's appropriate. Maybe that's even expected. Then in a messed up world, we would find ourselves crying out. The second thing I want to point out, number two, is that that God can handle our cries from the pit. God can handle our cries from the pit. It it is not a surprise to him that we're in the pit. Psalm 88 wasn't just found by somebody who decided, oh, well, you know, why don't we throw that in the Bible? No, Haman wrote this cry from the pit under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and it became a part of the Psalter, a part of the hymn book of the ancient Jews because God intended it to be that way. God put it here for us so that we could recognize that he is okay. He can handle our cries from the pit. Sometimes our cries from the pit come from a place of questioning or questions. Sometimes sometimes our cries from the pit come out of anxiety. God can handle our anxious cries from the pit. He can handle our questioning cries from the He can handle our 
our cries from the pit of depression. God put this here to let us know he's okay with that. When our son was a second grader, he had perhaps the worst year, school year of his life. Our son was a, was a okay student and he loved school, but not his second grade year. I came home one day during his second grade year, I walked into the house and I, and I sensed that something was wrong because our son was laying face down on the couch. And he never slept that way. And if he was awake, he never stayed still very long. So I walked over to him and I sat down on the couch and I put my hand on him and I said, Micah, what's up? And he turned towards me and sat partway up and you could see the, the marks of tears on his face and, and with tears welling up again in his eyes, he said, he said, Dad, everything I do is wrong. Now, in my dad wisdom or lack thereof, I had two options that spun in my head right away. One was to correct his thinking because obviously not everything he had done that day was wrong. He had gotten up in the morning and dressed himself. Good. He had had breakfast and he had had lunch. That was good. Those weren't wrong. Not everything he did even that day was wrong. Say nothing about his blanket statement for his life. Everything I do is wrong. Well, that was just wrong. And I wanted to correct his thinking. There was a part of me that said, I got to fix that. There was another part of me, thankfully, and I think it may have been the work of the Holy Spirit that said, no, you don't have to fix this. You have to listen. And I put my arm around my second grader and I said, it's okay, son. Tell me more about that. And he went on to explain a wide variety of things that had led him to believe like he was not worth much because everything he did seemed like it was wrong. And sometimes we have a tendency when somebody cries out from the pit, when somebody cries out from a bad place, sometimes we have a tendency to look at them. They're, they're bringing up the brokenness of the world. It's evident in their cries. And sometimes we have a tendency to look at them and go, shh, don't talk about that. That's kind of not good. Don't, don't say that. That's not God's response. God can handle our cries from the pit. When our cries come to his ears from the pit, he says, 
That's okay. Let it all out. Even if the cries from the pit aren't rooted in truth. Look at, look at Haman's cry from, from Psalm 88. He says, among other things, he says, you've taken from me my closest friends and they have made me, or, and you have made me repulsive to them. I'll bet not all of Haman's friends found him repulsive. I'll bet that wasn't true. And there's a lot of other things in here. I can't speak to what God was doing, but there are some things that Haman accuses God of that are not the way God's character is revealed to us in Scripture, but they're the way Haman felt. It's a heartfelt cry, even if it's not rooted in truth. God can handle our cries from the pit. None of it is news to him. Right? That's, that's why Jesus came to die for us. Because we live in a world broken and messed up by sin, and our relationship with God is broken and messed up by sin. He had a plan from all of eternity to fix that. Our cries from the pit aren't a surprise to him. In fact, doesn't he tell us that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved? Yes, he does. The third thing I want to point out from Haman's cry to the pit is in the midst of all of this, In the midst of all of this, he is the God who saves. Take a look again at verse 1. He starts this whole psalm. It sits at the foundation of this psalm. The starting point of his cry from the pit is, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. That sits as true as the reality of this messed up world, the reality of sin. It's every bit as true that he is the God who saves. And Haman says, you are the God who saves me. Me in the pit. I'm the one down here in the pit that feels like you've abandoned me to the grave. I'm that one, and, and you save me. It, it sits almost like a refrain. Imagine that first verse as a refrain. I am overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death Lord, you are the God who saves me. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. Lord, you are the God who saves me. I'm set apart with the dead. Like the slain who live in the grave, Lord, 
You are the God who saves me. And if you're in a place where you're crying out from the pit this morning, don't forget the absolute eternal truth that he is the God who saves you and me. Haman knew that. And he set it out at the front end. That's why we cry out to him from the pit in the first place. There's no other reason to cry out from the pit unless there's somebody there who can save me. And there is. So, my question is this. What's your cry from the pit? When you find yourself in that place where brokenness threatens to overwhelm, what's your cry from the pit? Because one of the things I'm sometimes tempted to cry from the pit is, God, get this right. God, God, make this better. As if somehow sending more comfortable furniture into the pit of despair is really all that much help, right? God, make this better. In the end, that tempting prayer, God, make this better, God, make this right, is, is in all analyses a selfish prayer. Oh, how much better. Not to say, God, make my pit a nicer pit, please. But oh, may our cry from the pit be, oh Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Because the beauty to that cry from the pit is that that work has already been done. That cry has already been heard and an answer brought to us. Romans 10, 19 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God, save me. And he delivers to us Jesus who saves you and me. Lord, day and night, we cry out to you because you are the God who saves. Lord, save us. Will you pray with me? Father God, your word to us is...
freedom. Your word to us is forgiveness. Your word to us saves. Lord, for for all of us who find ourselves in the pit today, Lord, would you save us? For all of us who are dealing with friends and family members and neighbors and people who are, who are in the pit. Lord, help us know how to point them to you. Help us know how to encourage them to cry out to you. Because you and you alone are the God who saves. Thank you, Jesus, for your saving grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again, and may the Lord bless you.